everyone, and welcome to This Mom Loves. I'm Kate Wynn. I'm a mom, teacher, blogger, freelance writer, TV guest, and podcaster, and you are listening to episode 30 of the show. Today in my favorite things, I'm going to be recommending an amazing nonfiction book. I'm also going to talk to you about a few past episodes you might want to go back and listen to. In the lifestyle segment today, I'm talking about ADHD facts from a psychiatrist. And then my special guest is Laura Murray. She's a fellow teacher. She's also a mom and she's a big environmental advocate, especially in terms of wasting less. And so today we're going to be talking about all sorts of really practical and useful ways you can cut back on waste in your home. So you're going to want to stick around and wait for that. So kicking things off, a book recommendation, The Valedictorian of Being Dead by Heather B. Armstrong. So Heather B. Armstrong rose to blogger fame a long, long time ago. When I first launched my blog in 2010, everybody knew who she was um, from her blog, Deuce. She actually was famous for being fired from uh, her job way back in 2002 for writing about her workplace and, uh, and very well known in the whole online scene. And in her recent book, The Valedictorian of Being Dead, The True Story of Dying 10 Times to Live, she recounts the experimental and ultimately successful treatment that she underwent to battle her severe depression, which was 10 rounds of a chemically induced coma approximating brain death which her mother watched by her side each time she did it. So um, as someone who has not struggled with you know, depression myself, this book was incredibly eye-opening for me. Uh, one thing that I found really interesting was the distinction that she made between wanting to be dead, but not wanting to die by suicide. She wasn't planning that, wanting that. It was just wishing she weren't alive um, and wishing that she wouldn't wake up at different times because of the severe depression that she was faced with. Uh, I laughed through the book. I cried. Totally recommend it. Um, it's just amazing to think about the treatment that she underwent. Where I mean, really, like I said, they they put her in a coma, and it was got her close to brain death, and would bring her back out of it. And it was something that actually ended up being successful for her, which uh, which is amazing. So, if you have struggled with mental health, if you know somebody who has, if you just want a really fascinating read about a real person uh, going through a common struggle you're going to want to check her book out. So again, The Valedictorian of Being Dead by Heather B. Armstrong. And of course, the podcast is one of my favorite things too. And we've got lots of new listeners this season, which is amazing. Hello, thank you for being here. So in each of the next few episodes, I'm just going to recommend a few past guest interviews that you might want to go back and check out. So since today, Laura is going to be here kind of giving us some advice to help improve our lives, I'm going back to talk about four other ladies who were here doing the same. So in episode five, I had Lisa Orr here of Orr Etiquette. And of course, an etiquette expert. So she was answering my questions and um, listener questions as well. So usually what I do when I book a guest is I jot down all the things that I want to know from the person, but I put a call out on social media too to see what questions other people might have. So we did all sorts of etiquette questions, episode five, Lisa Orr. And then in episode 13, I had Alana McGinn here from Goodnight Sleep Site. She's definitely an expert in the area of sleep and they do all sorts of sleep training with parents and coaching and from, you know, newborn right through to adults with sleep issues. They're, they're there to help. And so she answered my questions and readers questions too, all about sleep. So that was episode 13 with Alana again. In episode 15, Melissa Leong was here to talk about her book, Happy Go Money, and she's a financial expert 
and had a lot of great advice, um, you know, some based for women and parents specifically, and then just general financial advice. And she's Canadian too. So a lot of times when you read American um, financial books or get advice from American sites, things don't quite correspond the same way with their 401ks and all that sort of stuff. So this was all uh, all relevant to everybody, but especially applicable to Canadians. And then in episode 16, I had Dr. Sheila Wajaya Singha here, and she was answering women's health questions. And um, I said back at that time that there were some questions that I blushed asking because people had sent in questions, you know, maybe sexual health related or or things like that. And so I, I got those questions out, even though they were a little a little bit sensitive. And Dr. Sheila, of course, gave some amazing answers. So that was episode 16 with some great women's health question and answers. So if you want to go back and check out any of those, please feel free to do so. Now in the lifestyle segment today, I want to talk about ADHD. And it's not just me talking about my thoughts about ADHD. What actually happened is I'm a blogger and a lot of times bloggers get tons of unsolicited ideas for posts. And, you know, here's some information. Would you post it? Or my client has written this blurb. Would you share it? And most of the time it's no thank you because it totally doesn't fit with what I'm doing. But I got one from somebody who's representing Vinay Saranga, who's a doctor, a psychiatrist and founder of Saranga Comprehensive Psychiatry. And he had sent out like a ready to go list of eight ADHD facts you need to know. And I read it and I thought, oh my gosh, I will just adapt this and, and put it right on the blog because I thought it was so helpful. And I'm going to share um, those tips with you today because like I said, I found them really, really interesting. So if you have a child with ADHD, obviously you already know a lot about it. If you think your child might, this might be helpful. Even if you have no um, connection to ADHD at all, you will see kids that they'll come to your kids' birthday parties, you'll be at school events, you'll hear about it in the news. So it's still good for everybody to be informed. So first piece of information, boys versus girls. Um, and he says, the reason it seems that girls aren't diagnosed as much with ADHD um, as boys are is because they develop the symptoms a little later on than boys and those symptoms are different. So in ADHD, you've got the attention deficit piece and the hyperactivity piece. And so a lot of times with the girls, it's less disruptiveness and more inattention, which is maybe why it's not spotted as often and not diagnosed quite as much as the boys. Number two, ADHD can continue into childhood. It can lead to mood disorders, anxiety, substance abuse, agitation, sleep difficulty, other behavioral problems. I think the substance abuse piece is interesting. I know my husband's been involved in special education a lot. And I remember him going to a conference years ago and coming back and saying that the expert who was there said that with something like ADHD, if you're not, you know, medicated or treated on, on, in some way, kids go on to self-medicate or when you're an adult, you will self-medicate with something. And so you'd rather it be the right thing and the doctor prescribed thing than something else. So just something to keep in mind. But with adults, the, the hyperactivity symptoms tend to improve and the inattention symptoms are, are the ones that continue on. Number three, ADHD is often mischaracterized as a learning disability, and that's because roughly two-thirds of kids with ADHD do have some sort of diagnosable learning disorder or other mental health disorder, but there's a clear distinction between ADHD and those other disorders. Number four, contrary to popular opinion, ADHD is not overly diagnosed. 
And um, the doctor says, we see more kids being diagnosed with ADHD because of greater awareness and improved detection of the condition, including those kids who may have less severe forms of it. And as more people learn about ADHD and can recognize its symptoms, children as young as age four and more adolescents, girls and adults with this condition are being identified and treated. I know a lot of times people will say now, oh, there are so many more kids with this than there used to be when we were kids or so many more kids with that. But a lot of times, not with ADHD, but with certain things, kids weren't even sent to school. There weren't kids with certain needs in our parents' or grandparents' classrooms because they weren't sent to school or they were sent to special schools, that sort of thing. I know where we live now, things are very inclusive. And so you do see a lot more different needs within the regular classrooms and the, and the standard schools. Information piece number five, ADHD is not just acting out or a failure to concentrate. And he says that unfortunately in our society, it's become too common to mischaracterize children who misbehave or act out as having ADHD. And it's not a term to toss around lightly. It's very serious and, and should be treated by a professional. So it's not just kids who act out or misbehave. It's something, you know, very specific. Number six, trying harder is not the answer. So if you have ADHD or your child does, don't let people convince you that trying harder, concentrating more, or trying to control the hyperactivity is the way to go. And I love how he makes this comparison. He says it's the equivalent to telling a diabetic that his blood sugar shouldn't spike out of control. Like, would you tell a diabetic, try harder, just try harder not to let your blood sugar go. And he suggests that medication therapy and behavioral changes are what's needed to see an improvement. Information piece number seven, get a proper diagnosis. 10% of children between the ages of four and 17 are reported by their parents as being diagnosed with ADHD. Make sure and get a proper diagnosis from a trained mental health professional who specializes in ADHD and can prescribe the right combination of treatment, including medication and therapy. And number eight, maybe the most important piece, since this is a podcast for moms and that's who's listening right now probably, ADHD is not a reflection of parenting. Parents should never be blamed because their child has ADHD. It's a real condition rooted in the makeup of the brain, just like depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety disorders, and other psychiatric illnesses. Your child would have been diagnosed with ADHD regardless of how he or she was raised, which I think is really important for parents, not just the ADHD, but all those other um, different conditions that he lists there because it's not your fault. I mean, there are some of these things that might have a little genetic component to it, but it has absolutely nothing to do with how you've raised your child, what you're doing, which I think is so important for parents to know just to help you feel better about it, not to feel guilty about anything. And also because I think sometimes there's a bit of a bit of shame or, you know, not wanting to admit it, not wanting to talk about it because there's that blaming yourself piece. But if you can lift that off and know, okay, this had nothing to do with me. This is like my child being diagnosed with type one diabetes. I can, you know, talk about it. I can get the help that's needed and not have to, to feel any guilt. Um, so thank you, Dr. Saranga for those tips. I found them really helpful. And I just want to say as well, in my 19 years of teaching, I've had a lot of experience working with kids diagnosed with ADHD and because I've been in primary for a long time, often it's been supporting parents as they're working to find a diagnosis for their child. It's important to note that teachers are not qualified to diagnose ADHD. That's a medical thing. You need a doctor for that. Um, but certainly teachers kind of know what to look for. They know when to suggest that your child get, get some other uh, assessment done. So if your child's teacher has suggested at all, you know, maybe try to see your doctor and maybe get a, a pediatric assessment, that sort of thing, please trust that your teacher is wanting the best for your child and the best for your family and, uh, 
and just go ahead and, and pursue what you can to help help with that. And again, with the whole diabetes reference, um, there are certainly students with ADHD who don't require medication and many accommodations that can be made in the classroom that have nothing to do with meds whatsoever. But I can t- think of a few specific examples in my own classroom over the years where the difference in terms of the child's ability to focus and learn, it was honestly miraculous. And not because it made things easier for me in the classroom, because I mean, in a lot of cases it does, but I swear that's not the point. The point is when you see a kid who absolutely cannot even look at a piece of paper, who cannot stay in a chair, and it's not about wanting them to behave, it's about wanting them to be able to learn and to be able to focus so they're getting what they need to out of school. And I have seen cases where medication made such a huge difference. And the whole diabetes analogy, if your pediatrician said that your child needed insulin, would you say, no, no, I don't believe in medicating children. No, we're just going to, uh, you know, we're going to try fresh air and exercise and that's going to, that's going to do it. No, that's not going to deal with the type one diabetes. You need your insulin. And in some cases with some other things, um, a medication is really helpful too. So again, I'm not the doctor, but just from a teacher's perspective, I'm just telling you what I have seen and what I would recommend is definitely getting professional opinion and professional assessment if you think there's something like that going on with your child. If you are looking for me on social media, I am on Twitter and Facebook at This Mom Loves, and I am on Instagram at Kate This Mom Loves. I would absolutely love to hear from you. If you want to give me a follow, send me a message, let me know that you've listened to the show. It always means so much to me to hear from people who have listened. So thank you very much for that. And my website is thismomloves.ca. And you can go there for all sorts of information. I have pages for my um, freelance writing. If you want to look at some published work, I have pages for my TV segments, all the past podcast episodes, and then blog posts about everything. I cover fashion and beauty and education and parenting and travel and interior design and all sorts of different fun lifestyle things. So take a look at thismomloves.ca. I'm really excited to introduce my special guest this week, Laura Murray. Laura is a fellow teacher. She teaches grade one, two, and she's also a fellow girl mom. Her daughters are seven and four, and she's here with me today. We're going to talk about ways to reduce waste, which is something that we're both uh, both very interested in. And I'll also mention off the top, Laura is a consultant for Norwex. So um, throughout the uh, interview, we will be telling you about some of our favorite products because we actually love them, but we're both very clear this is not an infomercial. We'll no, be talking about all. a lot of other things <laughs> besides Norwex products. This is an infomercial about reducing plastic yeah, waste. Exactly. <laughs> but we just want to be uh, fully disclosed off the top so you know. So the first thing I want to ask you, Laura, is how did you kind of get on to this? I mean, we all have heard things and we know we should be doing better, but have you always been so passionate about reducing waste? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I have not been. Um, I would say even five or six years ago, really, I had the attitude of it was it's someone else's problem. Um, I'm going to be long gone before plastic is something that plastic waste and recycling and the environment is something that's really going to affect me. And then a f- it's just over time has kind of um, made me realize that really, no, we are in the midst of it. And, and the problems are, are right now, like we have to do something now um, to, to help with these, these things. <laughs> or um, we're gonna have a real crisis on our hands. So I, um, I remember seeing a project that a student had done probably five years ago about the Pacific um, Ocean garbage patch. And that was probably my first kind of aha moment mm-hmm. where it really occurred to me that this is, this is a huge problem. 
right? We are, we're consumers. We've gone from, we've gone from, uh, kind of our post-World War ancestors who, who reuse things and everything had a purpose and we could, you know, let's keep this because you never know when you're going to use it again. And they lived very frugally to now we are just a throwaway society in, in terms of plastic and things like that. And, um, it's crazy how much it's evolved in that short amount of time. But, um, I just, I remember seeing that and then, um, really just truly enjoying Norwex. It's made me realize that there are ways that we can, can help with the environment and that this situation that we're in is it, we're in dire need of, of, of helping the earth. We're not lo- a long way away. Like they say that by 2050, there's going to be as many pieces of plastic in the ocean as there are fish. Mm-hmm. And that's scary to yeah. think, right? So, um, and then another quote that really struck me was uh, uh, Jane Goodall said it, and I believe it's a pro- proverb, but she says that she said, um, we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We are borrowing it from our children. Mm-hmm. And that is just profound to me because I don't want to leave my kids with this problem now. Yeah. And I don't know if it, then in having children as well yes. in that time frame that that's also brought it upon uh, kind of in my, my consciousness, mm-hmm. but uh yeah. So th- those are just some things that have really kind of shifted my focus and made me realize that really small changes do make a difference, right? We don't need yeah. a mil- we don't need a handful of people doing plastic production perfectly. We need a million people doing it doing imperfectly. Yeah. To yeah. Uh, to really make a change. So. Well, and I think parenting is is one thing for sure, but also being teachers. I mean, we impact our own family, but when we're impacting classrooms of kids, mm-hmm. it is important that we're setting the right example and and setting them on oh, the right path. Too. Totally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I mentioned um, before that you know you just watch watch the kids change. Like if you put up a an, a graphic and you show it to a bunch of children of of um, like how long it takes for an object to decompose. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if it's kind of their, their concept, their concept of time at the time. And like, yeah. oh my gosh, 400 years. But you know, if you show them that like a styrofoam container is estimated 400 years decomposition rate, like that really strikes them. Yes. And these are young kids. And I yeah. guess it's good that we're kind of passing the torch to them mm-hmm. and making them aware of these things. But I, I feel like because they spend most of their time in nature, they really are the ones who are most passionate of it because it really affects them. Yeah. So let's get into some practical things. So listeners have some ideas and some, of course, they will have heard of before, but we can talk about what we do in our homes Mm -hmm. and and even our classrooms too. So water bottles, we know the single use plastic, not so good. What are your favorite options? Um, so there's many options. Like I, we have a lot of, um, the aluminum, the double walled, bottles in our home just because they do keep things really really cold Mm -hmm. um i've had one in my car in the dead of the summer and the water is still ice cold when you get to it so i do love those there are many many different options um in the aluminum bottle um category um if you those and those are probably the best for kids right? Because you can take, I mean, you can take a mason jar with a lid yes. as your water bottle, yeah. but you wouldn't send that with your child, obviously, because it's glass. Yeah. Um, but the metal better than plastic, like better than reusable plastic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I mean, the reusable plastic is good, but I, I just kind of always, I guess, question yes. plastics and, and heating up that. and cooling down yes. and, and things like that. So I, I do, that's kind of always in the back of my mind when I use yeah. them, 
But I know I got a stainless steel water bottle a couple of years ago as a gift from a student, and I'm going to give a plug to the lady who does them. It's um, Personalize It by Cynthia, mm-hmm. and it's personalizeitbycynthia.com. But I mean, when you've got a personalized bottle, you can't lose it. That's right. It's funny, I took Eva to camp last week, and it was at a high school, and their Lost and Found, honestly, was just full of water, water bottles, bottles and coffee mugs, mm-hmm. which is great. The people yeah. are using yeah. those things, but they get left behind. So if your name's on it, then that's Yeah, uh, and teachers are always on the help. lookout, too. I will say that. I mean, I go through the items and if I see something that I recognize of someone's, I'm marching it up to their classroom yes. to give it back because I know yeah. what parents invest in, in those things, right? Yeah, so for sure. Label your water. stuff. I'm yeah. going to mention that later. Label your too, stuff. But label for sure. everything. <laughs> Reusable grocery bags. We know we want to stop using the, the bags provided in stores. My problem is they're in my trunk. Yeah. I swear. Like I always keep them I there, but I go into the store too. without them. Yes. So, um... I mean, if you're going to make a change anywhere, this is a great way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I mean, re- remembering them is important. You could always ask the person at the counter to not pack them and then take your groceries out to your car and pack them yourself mm, if into your bag. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I, the, it's just such a small thing. And I think that when they uh, put the kind of the fee on the plastic bags, it was to, to, to deter us from using them. Yeah. I don't think it really does for some people and and I mean my sister made the point of saying well then if I if I didn't use those plastic bags from the grocery store what would I use as the garbage bags in my home yeah and I'm like well I'm sure that you're still going to bring the odd one that's going to yes you know fulfill that responsibility in your home but you should really work towards um using these bags and they Mm do I mean they last a long time and they're so strong yeah like they're so strong you can put you can load them um, with the groceries. So it's, uh, you're not going to get anything breaking or anything yes. like that. No, they're handy. I just have to have to try to remember. <laughs> I know. Um, food wraps. So obviously we want to cut back on the aluminum foil and the saran and uh-huh. you know, all of that sort of stuff. And it's funny. I can even remember as a kid, my parents rinsing out <clears throat> the Ziploc bags to dry them. Hmm. And I remember at one point thinking like, surely we can afford to just buy new right. Ziploc. But I mean, they were ahead of the times right. thinking, well, yes, we could afford to. We're yes. choosing to reuse yes. these. That- so, you know, you reuse what you can. But I know you're a fan of things like the silicone lids and beeswax, wrap- beeswax wraps. I've never used the beeswax wraps. How, do, how does that work? Um, I was just at a, a, a girls weekend this past weekend with my friends that I've been friends with since kindergarten. And we went out shopping in Picton. And that's what a lot of them picked up because mm. I had been talking about it. So the beeswax wraps basically are are a piece of fabric that has been coated on either side with beeswax. Okay. They smell delicious. I don't know. I just, I really love honey and <laughs> beeswax. Yeah. So I love the way they smell, but with the heat of your hands, they will seal. So, okay. um, rather than putting plastic wrap over your dish, your bowls, yep. you simply cover that and you can fold it over and with the heat of your hands, it will seal against itself and create. Oh, cause that's what nice I wondered. I kind of top. pictured it just sort of sitting or draping, no. but it actually will seal yes. up. Yes. Yeah. They okay. will seal up. And so I will wrap, um, sandwiches with them, mostly stuff that's dry and not too messy when I'm packing it in the kids' lunches. Yep. Um, I use very few, like I have the same plastic wrap. I don't even know when I got it, but the box is basically pulverized. <laughs> it's like yes, totally yep. not usable, but I'm like, I'm not throwing it out. And I, I rarely use it. Like we use a lot of Tupperware in my home, um, or, or reusable con- yeah. containers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then the beeswax wraps, I've been using a lot, a lot more. Like I just wrapped cheese in it the other day because, uh, my daughter opened the package of cheese in mm-hmm. it and it, uh, ripped or wasn't yeah. reusable. So, to be covered. 
it's very hard to, um, just speaking of cheese and I'm kind of, I guess going to go off topic a bit here, but it's hard to go grocery shopping and purchase stuff that isn't in plastic. Yes. Like it's just, it's always there. And, and cheese is one that, like, I know that there are places like chasing the cheese in Peterborough. Um, they're working towards trying to find a, a, a better way to package their cheese for people to bring home. And beeswax wraps is something that they've considered. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's just a nice alternative. And then, you know, there it's fabric. So it's more, it has a better decomposition rate than plastic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can, you could always like, you can do, people can make them themselves. A lot of places, if you go to markets and things like that, they do sell beeswax wraps, um, at farmer's markets. I've even been to a play, I've even been to a, um, someone's stall where they were selling their honey. And also she was selling these beeswax wraps. And when I asked her about it, she says, well, I just want to make sure I'm using every part of, of the bees. Great. Yeah. Right. Which is awesome. Good. Let's talk for a minute about kids packing lunches for schools. Mm. So what do you like for that? Oh, the, the, definitely those bento, bento boxes. Yeah. Um, they are not only great for the environment, but they kind of guide you towards uh creating a healthier lunch Mm -hmm. right i mean portions in the spots right and it's very simple to just grab stuff out of cardboard boxes and toss it in the lunch yeah and they're all in the cellophane wrappers or things like that Mm -hmm. um and i'm guilty of days having those days too but i found that um when you pack in the bento box it allows you to put more fresher like more fresh items Mm -hmm. in there and portion things out and maybe you're going to pack a few more fruits and vegetables because you have a nice little spot to put them yeah put them in um so yeah so there's lots of options for those uh one thing is I mean you just have to make sure you bring them home and get them out of their backpacks and give them a wash every night unless you have I guess an alternative one to flip in and out yes um I do I do I find that they are they just create a healthier lunch and when I've seen kids use them in school I I noticed that as well yeah now my girls have never had those we just kind of use a mishmash of reusable (laughs) containers right right. but as listeners might know I'm a kindergarten teacher and I do see those a lot Mm -hmm. one thing I'd recommend is if you have size options just go ahead and invest in the larger I think Mm -hmm. sometimes people think well it's kindergarten I'll Mm -hmm. get a dainty little Mm -hmm. one with just two or three spots for sure but I mean they have a morning snack and they have a lunch and they have an afternoon snack you're better off just going with the bigger and you don't have to fill no exactly right for sure so yeah those are great I mean, I haven't invested in the bento boxes either. I do like them when I see them because as well as you, I have a lot of reusable containers that I've already invested in, which are bento box style, which is nice. Like, um, you can create like a lunchable and rather than packing a lunchable, you can create like the kielbasa and the cheese and the crackers with just one of those bento boxes, right? Yeah. Um, I know something else that you like to promote is when you're eating out or, you know, drive through or whatever, mm-hmm. having your reusable mug or mm-hmm. even reusable containers, That's right. which I think is great. I thought it was interesting. I went to, um, our church had a fish fry right? and you can do takeout and they always have the styrofoam that's and that's what I always end up getting is the styrofoam. I but I saw a lady come in with her Tupperware and I thought, mm-hmm. why didn't I think mm-hmm. of that when I'm coming to pick up my takeout and mm-hmm. I can't see myself going into restaurants with you need a big purse you need a nice big purse maybe maybe it's an opportunity to buy yourself a nice new big bag or something for sure (laughs) now with the travel mugs are a lot of places good like coffee shops and things like that for just pouring right into the mug I know I've heard of some where it's they use the paper cup anyway and then pour the paper cup in like do you know anything about that I've heard that of that too I uh I make and take from home 
mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just cause it's, I've already purchased it. Mm-hmm. So it's probably the most economical way to yes. do it. Um, so, but I think if you went into more of your, um, locally owned shops, yes. they would, they would welcome that. Be I think it's more that. of the chains that do the measure and, and serve. Yes. Um, I know that, um, down on in the Millennium Park, Silver Bean. Yep. They definitely encourage a takeaway mm-hmm. mug there. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's some people will question like cleanliness and things like that. And that comes into play with some of the restaurants. But I think if you're using, as long as you bring a nice clean mug with you, mm-hmm. that um, they're know, okay to pour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're okay to pour. And I think that usually with the uh, paper being poured into the cup. I think that's usually in your drive-through is probably when you're going to find that. So yes. you make, be sure to, um, let them know ahead of time yeah. that you have a takeaway. Mug. Yeah. It was great. My husband just left the school that he was working at and one of the goodbye gifts they gave him was a set of travel mugs and they had the school hashtag yeah. engraved into them. Love that. So it's nice, right? They yes. know he's a coffee lover for sure. And yes. something, you know, personal like that. Yeah. I've nice. seen a few schools actually creating like, uh, not Contigo's Nalgene bottles and things like that, which is awesome. Right. A friend of mine went to a concert and everyone who walked into the concert got a reusable water bottle and that's what they were encouraged to, to get their drinks perfect the whole time, which is awesome because concerts can create so much waste. Right. Yeah. You know, that's not a bad idea to think about for schools, like even for fundraising or, you know, whatever. The only thing I worry about is we all got the hoodies last year and Mm -hmm. the kids could all order them. And then, well, then they'd be on the lost and found table and everybody has one. So how do you, (laughs) you need the labels. You need need the the labels. labels. So Uh, yeah. So, and, and your travel mugs can be again, like a, uh, container, like a, uh, my mason jar, right? Like it doesn't have to necessarily be something that you go out and purchase. It can be something that you use. Well, and that's the thing too, right? I mean, I've been investigating the whole fast fashion and that's a whole other topic, but Mm -hmm. people who try to get on a bandwagon, but then they go and buy a whole bunch of stuff to mm-hmm. be part of it. It's mm-hmm. like, well, no, it's probably best to mm-hmm. start with what you already right. have. Absolutely. Not, not going and buying a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. All right. Straws. Mm. So we know plastic straws, no good. Mm-hmm. Paper is better. Mm-hmm. So paper is, <clears throat> I keep, so I keep a, a, a bag of paper straws in my glove box mm-hmm. so I can refuse the straw if I'm going through a drive through yes. with my kids. The only thing is that they get soggy. Yeah, I know a lot of people um, don't find they like the right, texture in their mouth or right. whatever. And then they can get they get squishy and then you're getting nothing out of your straw. Uh, people who um, have have needs, um, uh, sometimes they can't do a, a paper straw because they need something more rigid. Yes. Um, so there are lots of options. Um, Norwex does sell stainless steel straws, but you yes. can get them anywhere. You can get them at the bulk barn. You can get them at any kitchen stores. Basically just use them right yeah. like it doesn't matter to me yeah, where you, don't you get care them where from we get them, no. I don't care where I have you're the Norwex them from. ones and I love them I, but that's just, great you can get them other yes, places too just just use them yeah. right um I mean it's it's uh I was at conference the one year and the uh, our Norwex worked with the wash to shore project which is a project that gathers ocean garbage and creates sculptures out of it actually they're they're um on display right now at the the Toronto Zoo, which is okay. really cool. Um, so she was there and she helped them create these these things in terms of gathering the ocean um, debris and then bringing it to create this um, sculpture. And she described these. Uh, she described what it was like to be there when they pulled a straw from a turtle's 
nose, travels yes. nostril. And she was in tears. Mm-hmm. And this is another reason why I don't love drink boxes is because those little straws yes. are so sharp. Yeah. Right? Or Kool-Aid jammers. Yeah, they got to poke into them. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not as much so as, say, like your typical bendy, you know, party straw. Yeah. It wouldn't be. But they don't break down. Right. They don't break down. And uh, then they just float in our waterways and, and cause problems that way. So paper's so, better, but the stainless steel or something completely right. reusable And a lot of restaurants best. have been refusing to hand out straws, I've noticed, which yeah. is good. Now, it is. I find it hard to drink ice water, not with a straw, with the ice kind of yes. in, your, in your mouth hitting your teeth, but yeah. I just carry around a little um, cloth bag, and in it I keep... Um, my bamboo, it's a spork. So spoon on one end, fork on Mm -hmm. the other. I keep two of those. Um, and I keep my reusable straws in there. So when I use them, they go in the dishwasher when we get home and then I put them back in and put them back in my purse. So I always have them with me. Yeah. I find I am a diet Coke person Mm -hmm. and it stains your teeth, right? Right. So I need a straw, but obviously I want to go with the most eco-friendly option. So Using containers that you have at home or repurposing them, that's another great idea. Mm-hmm. I know you had talked about um, foaming hand soap, like mm-hmm. keeping the containers and making your yes. own. And a free so easy. Eva's birthday, what I actually did was, and I know you're not supposed to buy the containers, that's not really the point, <laughs> but I will now reuse them forever. Right. Um, bought a little set and gave her all the ingredients, like the Castile soap and you know whatever she needed to make. So she made like six bottles of the mm-hmm. foaming hand soap and that does all of our sinks now and that will continue to do all of our sinks for a long, for time. A long time. So, But of course it's better to just reuse. If you have the bottles, reuse them. That's right. But it you've been doing something neat with the, the bulk barn, you said too, with containers. Well, the bulk barn has created this incredible initiative where they let you bring clean containers from home um, and they will... They will check your containers to make sure they're clean. Um, And what you do is you bring your containers, however many you need or however many you think you're going to need, and you simply take them to the counter when you first enter the store. They will weigh them. They'll write the weight on top of the lid of the jar, and then off you go. So when you then go and choose your products, you fill your jars or your containers. It doesn't have to be jars. I mean, it could be, you know, your um, plastic containers from home, just reusing them. Mm -hmm. Um, You bring them to the counter when you're done and they measure it and they weigh it. And then they they take off the weight of the um, item. So, I mean, you're not collecting their, their little plastic Peggies yeah. to bring home your dry goods and it's more economical yeah for right? sure to skip that step it's yeah. just again it takes a bit of of planning yes right so honey is something that i use in my granola bars so i make granola bars to put into our reusable containers yeah um to uh to put into lunches and i find now that i like them better than the store-bought ones yes um so i can't go back but um they do require a lot of honey mm-hmm to bind them and uh so i the most economical way to do that because you want to do it as as economically as you can oh, sure. create these snacks um is to go to the bulk barn and get them for your ingredients great <clears throat> um we've talked a lot about plastics reducing yeah. the single-use paper yes. stuff is good so we'll talk about cleaning for a minute and i know i can certainly recommend some norwex <laughs> stuff for this and i mean i will fully admit there are sometimes i still use a swiffer for sure And I, you know, it'd be better not to, Mm -hmm. sometimes I do. So this is not by any means Mm -hmm. me talking about what an amazing (laughs) eco warrior I am now, because sometimes (laughs) I still use a Swiffer duster and throw it out or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I have the Norwalks mop system, which is amazing because it's got the dry mop and the wet mop and the one with the kind of 
texture for tile and whatever. Mm-hmm. So things like that are good. What are some other ways to reduce the, the paper? Uh, well, that one certainly is awesome because again, you just, a lot of these items you wash and reuse. Yeah. So other than laundering, you're not really putting any burden on environment an environmental burden mm-hmm. anywhere right other than just your use of heat when you're washing them yeah or your water consumption um so paper consumption i think it if we saw this the stats on how much paper how many trees are cut down for our, our single paper use it would be like it would it's staggering yeah. right so um things like the uh norwex like if you want shiny windows and you don't, oh, yes, you know, yes. if you don't want to use paper towel to do your windows, um, and people use other things, um, newspaper and things like that. So yeah. Norwex has a window cloth. Um, it's purple. It's shiny. It's uh, like soft. It's yeah. you know, kind of a, a suede feel. It. Uh, it will go and it will dry your windows, so it replaces your paper towel. So if I think back to when I used to use Windex and paper towel to do my windows, I would probably use four paper towels per window, like Mm -hmm. on a larger window. And pay for the Windex. And pay for the Windex. Mm -hmm. Um, So this way you just use simply one cloth. Now you can use a spray bottle with just water and then dry it with this window cloth. Or you can use the other microfiber cloth or any microfiber cloth and clean your surface, which allows you to also get the gunk out of the corners or anything that's built up on the windows. If you have dogs or kids or (laughs) kids with sunscreen on their hands or anything like that. So that picks it up. And then the window cloth simply dries it and it is a lint free streak free shine every time. So if you're finicky about your windows, um, then it's a good way to go. And my favorite story is actually a, a friend who who bought the set and did her windows. And then she said her husband walked right, right into the, <laughs> the sliding door because <laughs> he thought that it was open and it wasn't. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that is one way, again, small changes, right? Yeah. Like that's one way. And, and really like every time you buy a paper towel, you're just throwing it out. Yeah. And it's not For cheap. Sure. No. Like it's a, a buck a roll. And some people go through a roll a day in their home. And even if you don't, feel passionate about the whole environmental aspect of it you can seriously save money oh totally yeah and I mean I've got the window cloth too and I don't just use it because I'm trying to be a good green girl like Mm -hmm. it's actually better than paper towels or newspapers because I've I've tried that stuff and I'm picky about my windows too so I mean I can definitely say it does work better but Mm -hmm. when you can just use it with water you're not buying other things Mm -hmm. it's it's money saved and that's the thing right like reusing things that we already have or or not constantly purchase I mean it's, it's, it is, it's a huge money saver. Yeah. Right. And I mean, if you can, anytime you can do that is a, is a great thing too. Yeah. Right? Like put that money into a nice vacation or something. <laughs> One of the last things I want to talk about is birthday parties. For sure. So, I mean, there's gift wrapping. So mm-hmm. first of all, with gifts, what do you recommend in terms of wrapping? Any ideas there? Just to be creative. I mean, the, uh, there's reusable bags right? That you get the reusable gift bags. And I have reusable gift bags from, I can't even tell you how long I've kept them. And I am like the person who will fold up all the tissue paper. Like it's a little insane. And if you talk to my sister-in-law, she'll tell you, I'll go through and be like, this is still a good one and fold it up. So there's ways to reuse things that way. But if you want to get really creative, um, like say if you're going to a wedding shower or something like that, I mean, use the tea towel. Yep. and wrap the gift in a tea towel or, um, or just don't wrap it, put it in a laundry basket yes. and something useful like that and gift it to the person that way. Um, kids, you can use like any paper that like if you order things online and it comes packaged in paper, 
reuse that get your kids to draw on it like I get a lot of brown um, paper wrapping just to stuff the boxes if it's they're not completely full yep. and it's just like a very eco-friendly basic brown paper like an art paper almost yes. right and um, we get that I get that when Norwex ships because they want to try and stay eco-friendly when they ship things as well too mm-hmm. and I use I reuse that yeah you know wrap it up get the kids to decorate it mm-hmm. that's a great way newspaper remember you used to wrap presents the in the comics, comics? Yes. Yes. yes so and I mean these this is another cost right we're spending money even like birthday cards mm-hmm. you're spending seven dollars on a birthday card yes. that someone's gonna read and throw in the garbage yeah like it, it, the sentiment is not lost if your child makes a birthday card out of a simple piece of paper or a, oh, exactly. a piece of goose paper, yeah. good, good on one yeah, side yeah. paper, um, and creates a card that way. Yeah. Like, the sentiment's not lost. I told my husband for my birthday this year, I said, don't buy me a card. Like, honestly, it's not one of those things I'm just saying, and you're really supposed to do it. Like, yeah. no, seriously, don't bother yeah. buying me a card. Like, I don't, I don't need it. My kids usually do make cards for right. things. So, yeah. Right. So, that's good. And then even in terms of giving gifts... We're trying to go, I don't know, in our house more towards experiences right. rather than things, right? Yes. So just less stuff yes. in general. I know. So it, it don't go to the dollar store and buy $20 gifts that yeah. are made of plastic and are going to break tomorrow and yeah. then go in the garbage. Find something, you know, movie tickets or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome for kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they get really excited about it. Yeah, they do. And the birthday kind of lasts, right? Because right. you have a couple things to open, but then right. it's, oh, next weekend we get to go to the movies right. or the play is in another month or whatever. Yep. So um, the other thing that's big right now is Fiverr parties. Have you heard of these? I have, yes. yes. So rather than every child bring, and I don't know if it's a Fiverr party because that child was turning five. I think there's, you know, different, not yeah. rules, but different guidelines mm-hmm. for that. Like if they're turning seven, maybe it's a seven party or something yeah. like that. But the idea is that every child brings five dollars and gifts five dollars to the birthday Mm -hmm. um, girl or boy and then at the end of the party that child gets to go and choose one gift for themselves yeah so I mean you can you can go to a lot of birthday parties for different children so I mean if if the expectation is only a five dollar gift rather than say maybe a twenty dollar gift or a fifteen dollar gift and then again the sentiment is not lost that child gets to go and think of the lesson you're teaching them right the value of money yeah and 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 what it takes and how much things are and and they get to go and then choose their own thing and that your birthday's not just about like a dozen kids giving you a dozen presents and whatever too right right? and it's so much more economical for the guests right (laughs) and not have to running not having to run an errand I would love that part too that's another big part of it right and it's like bring five bucks like okay I'll I'll bring ten put it in the card done and then other things you can do is even donations like we've done that for our kids because we just simply don't have the space for seven or eight toys Mm -hmm. on a birthday to come in our home so we've done you know bring it make a donation to this or you know the money if you put money in a card we will make the donation and so what about loot bags so i know there's still sort of an expectation that the host will provide a little takeaway of some sort Mm -hmm. bags of junk are not not preferable (laughs) sometimes i'd rather my kids coming home with candy because at least i know it's gonna be eaten and gone but i mean we could have a whole other podcast episode (laughs) with you know a dentist or somebody sure against that but what are some better alternatives for loot bags um so just things like i've been to parties well i can speak to my own daughter's birthdays so my one daughter's birthday is right around thanksgiving um so the one year i gave the kids a pumpkin carving set and a pumpkin 
and they took that away. Neat. Right? So then they yeah. they could go home and do that with their family. Yeah. And then, again, it reduces the number, amount of running around that the other person has to do because now they don't have to get a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Check that off the nice. list, right? Yeah. Um, so that's something then, again, that is more economical and more eco-friendly, let's mm-hmm. say, because that pumpkin will decompose. Yeah. Um, uh, I've been also to a birthday party where a friend baked a batch of cookies and each child got a little in a little drinking cup mm-hmm. or you could even do a reusable cup yep. um, some cookies in there chocolate chip cookies and she put in a, tucked in a five dollars chapters gift card and I think too if people are doing something like if they've rented the gymnastics center or they've you know brought the zoo to you into their mm-hmm. home or whatever like that's enough like if my child yeah. goes to a party like that, I know you have paid to entertain my child yes. and made them part of it. They don't need to take something away. I right? certainly don't expect that my child comes away with something. I no. think the experience of, of playing with their friends and and whatever you've provided. I mean, if you've given them lunch, that's great, Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> like I don't think there has to be that expectation. No, I don't think but, so either. But we've given some ideas for people yes, who for still sure. want to do that. For sure. Last thing I just want to ask about is as a teacher, because we probably have some of our teacher friends listening mm-hmm. right now, what are some things you're doing in the classroom? I know you mentioned the good on one side paper mm-hmm. and we keep a box in the photocopy room for that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're photocopy copies turn out wonky or whatever Absolutely. you throw them in there right. um the funny thing i find with kindergartens is they don't want the white side they'll turn it over and try to do like if it's four digit multiplication or whatever <laughs> they're putting random numbers and so i have to be I sure it. that it's not like the sex ed <laughs> worksheets or something because and then they go home and parents are like um what this is kindergarten this? so they try to do what's on the back and i try to tell them no you can oh draw gosh. your own pictures or whatever it's fine so Amazing. i know that's one thing what else do you do in your classroom definitely the good on one side paper um, a few things also that I do is I definitely keep uh, Norwex and Viral cloth in my classroom yes. for wiping down tables. Yep. Um, and my attendance rate was like 95% this year. Like the kids yep. stayed healthy, um, in using, uh, using that cloth. And then you don't um, need to spray. No, any you chemicals. don't need to spray. You just use the cloth. Um, yeah. So you just water in the cloth and then my lunchtime helpers would go around and wipe the tables down. And again, I don't have to worry about putting some sort of spray in my lunchtime helper's hands, right? Well, I, know I know it's safe for the schools, kids. some schools, there have been some issues in different places with parents complaining about kids access and cleaning products and things for that sure. I've heard about. So yeah, for that sure. is, if you want kids helping with that, it's a safe way to do the it. The other thing is, is when kids unpack their lunches, their food goes right on the table. Mm-hmm. Like when they peel that orange, those segments of orange are right on their desktop. Yeah. So I don't want to use something like that. I don't want that expo I don't want children exposed no, to that. No. So I do that, which is a huge reduction in your paper towel or even those um kind of thin white cleaning cloths that you might get from the janitor. Yeah. Um, which then go in the garbage or right. get disposed of some other way. Um so I definitely use those. I use also something called a pet to dry, which is a cute little animal which has the kind of the nubbly chenille um things on it that also um is available through Norwex and I have that tied to the handle by my sink and the kids will use that over the um they'll use that to dry their hands over the brown paper towel right which again is a savings in trees and paper and waste because you can't recycle those brown paper towels right um so that's a huge thing there but the um the goose paper is awesome yeah I mean with the um with the increase in technology in our classes we're definitely seeing fewer like less paper being used, right? A lot of the older grades I know are using Google Classroom and they're submitting assignments on Google Classroom, which then the teachers can mark all 
virtually, mm-hmm. I guess, right? Which then yeah. then reduces how much paper is being used. Um, classroom newsletters are online, which yes, is awesome. I do everything. So, uh, I mean, if you have a classroom blog or you have a classroom website, or I use Seesaw, which is um, yeah, something that a lot of people on the board use, it's a great way to keep parents informed daily mm-hmm. and no paper gets sent home yep. to get smushed at the bottom of a backpack or yeah, maybe not seen maybe as opposed not to when it goes right to mom's or phone or dad's phone. On. Yeah. Or, so yeah. you know that they're informed and you can see on there who has been yeah. informed, who has looked at it, which is awesome. Yeah. Now we, this year had at the beginning of the year donated straws and things like that for the classroom. And then once we ran out of straws, we decided, no, we're done. Mm-hmm. We're done with this. And so mm-hmm. the big um, issue was only on hot lunch days when they got the mil- little milk cartons, mm-hmm. but nobody complained about drinking from the milk carton without a straw. Oh, really? So yeah. So that, that's really that's good. going well so far. That is really um, good. And I mean, obviously if you've got sensory issues or there's exceptions to be made for Absolutely. sure but generally speaking they were good with that and then when we ran out of plastic spoons we stopped doing that too but what I think I might do is get some reusable ones next year because if the child comes with yogurt and they didn't right. get a spoon like they have to have something right but I think I'll just have reusable that we wash so I did state that in my beginning of the classroom newsletter yeah. I said I will not be handing out spoons I yeah. said please don't send them in mm-hmm. um to be distributed yeah. um Plus, the other thing is, is reusable spoons can be washed several times in your dishwasher before they break down and, yes. and you need to throw them out. Yeah. So um, parents were good. Parents yeah. were really good at sending in um, uh, spoons and things for their kids. The other thing that happened is because we did uh, hot lunches as well, uh, one of the providers of hot lunch sent a set it would be a fork a knife and a spoon and they they provide pasta and stuff like that for the for the school yeah. I would go around in, to the classrooms and collect all the extras yeah and I would keep them in my classroom and then um, people probably laughed at me oh here comes Mrs. Murray <laughs> um, um, and I would keep them but kids knew that when they would see me coming they'd come and give them to me yeah. and I would keep them and then those ones got reused if needed if someone yeah. forgot um, and then the other thing, the other the great thing with Seesaw is when those spoons get left behind, I posted a picture oh, yes. of them and I was like, these are too nice to be, yeah. you know, put in the staff room or whatever. We, were we doing lost that spoons. a lot with like, who's so, Tupperware is Yeah, this? who's, who's Tupperware, whatever. who's spoons. Yeah. Um, and parents could, could message back and say, yeah. that's mine. Send it home with my child. And, and, uh, yeah, so that was definitely, definitely something. And then the other thing is, is I never bring a spoon for my yogurt. Um, and the, the kids find it quite funny because I'll take the lid from the yogurt and fold it in half and use that as a spoon. <laughs> and they're innovative. quite they're quite intrigued by that. Yeah. And I actually years ago saw another parent or another teacher do that. And so I do that now. And they're like, "You can eat that like that." And I'm like, "Yeah, you, it creates enough of enough yeah. stability to work like a yeah. spoon." So it's a nice little conversations piece for the kids. You could yeah. probably launch into a whole science lesson with yes. it. I may not have the three year olds try that in September, yeah. but no. <laughs> the kids are a bit older. Than that's good. <laughs> yeah, so I mean definitely ways around it if they do forget, but yeah, they're pretty good. I've seen them do it with their applesauce lids, the foil applesauce yes. applesauce lids. Yeah, but, you yeah. make do. Yeah. So the last question I always ask my guests is if they have a this mom loves or some sort of favorite thing to recommend to listeners. Is there anything that comes to mind? Um 
I'm going to, I guess, just kind of extend on a bit of what we've talked about today. Um, and it's a, a documentary that I watched recently uh, called Stink, and it's on Netflix. So you can just search it there. And I love watching documentaries because they're like the perfect amount of time <laughs> before you're going to fall asleep yeah. after a long day. And um, I found this one rather interesting because it uh, it's about a recently widowed father of two little girls and she, he orders them clothing on the internet because this is all foreign to him. This is something his wife has taken care of up until now. Um, and the clothing arrives, and I won't talk about what company it's from, but he does in the movie. And it smells. Like, it smells very chemically to the point where the girls won't even, they don't even want to wear it. Oh, wow. Um, and so he contacts the company and tries to find out, like, what is causing this smell. And the company gives them the runaround. Um, and so as he digs deeper, he finds out that companies who create beauty products or, th- or things with scent, um, can create them under proprietary standards, right? So what they will say is that the, the scent was created based on their proprietary blend. So if you think of like Chanel number no. five, mm-hmm. which is an iconic perfume, yes. they don't want to give out what they use their to create secrets, their, yeah. their trade secrets. So they call, and it fits under that proprietary idea. Um, so then it doesn't get copied. So basically under that proprietary guidelines, they can put whatever they want in and they don't have to reveal to us what's in it. So it just kind of is food for thought. You know, we talked about creating our own hand soaps and things like that. You know what's going in. Three ingredients Mm -hmm. or four ingredients if you add in like an oil to moisturize your hands. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to, to kind of take back that part of us right and to know and knowledge is power and yes. and this was very interesting for me because I mean you think about when our kids are babies we think about so much about what we're putting on their skin and what we're exposing them to but why does it change when yeah. we're adults our mm-hmm. skin is our skin mm-hmm. whether we're babies or or us right mm-hmm. and it's our largest organ so it was just interesting to me to think about kind of what what I am putting on yeah. myself. So and it's called stink. Stink. Stinks. Yes. All right. I'll yeah. have to look that one up. So it's not related to plastic use, but no. it's definitely kind of our in our own environmental, you know, thinking environmentally within our homes yeah. too, right? Well, Laura Murray, thank you so much for being here with thank me today. Thank you for inviting so me. I will have um, links if you want to find Laura or if you're interested in any of her Norwex products in the show notes for this episode at thismumloves.ca slash podcast. And this is episode 31. Wow. Thanks again. Enjoy thank the rest you. of your summer. Yes. Thank you very much. You too. And that brings us to the end of this episode of This Mom Loves. Thank you to my podcast editor, Lucas Wojcicki. Thank you to all of you for being here. If you enjoy the show, as always, I would urge you to rate or review it wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, for example, there's just a quick little place where you can give it a certain number of stars. Five would be lovely, but whatever you feel uh, you feel this show deserves. If you want to tell friends about it, that's very helpful too. If you'd like to send a message on social media and let me know um, what you think about the show, you can also comment on things from the episode. For example, I know Lara and I would both love to hear if you have any ideas of your own for reducing waste in your house. Send me an email or a tweet or Instagram or Facebook message. That would be great. And until next time, everybody have a great week.